This evening we're going to consider the words, Thou shalt call his name Jesus. And we're looking at Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 through to verse 25. Turn to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew 1 verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, Thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, A virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which, being interpreted, is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. When you think of people's names, there are various reasons why a baby might have been given a certain name. Perhaps was uh, a decision was made to give uh, a baby boy his father's name. I think that's not uncommon, is it? Certainly one of my two brothers, he was given not only the first name, but the middle name of my father. Maybe a baby is named after a famous footballer or a movie star. I think I'm right in saying that my own name, Glenn, had something to do with my mother's crush on the American film star, Glenn Ford. I was curious about that when I was writing these things, this, these notes, and I had a quick look uh, on... On the, on the internet to see what he looked like. He was a good looking man, so I think she made a good choice there. When it came to my wife and me choosing names for our daughters, we both wanted biblical names, and I was keen to choose names that cannot be easily abbreviated. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, the angel of the Lord said to Joseph, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. As such, the decision was taken, not by Mary, not by Joseph, but by the one who sent the angel, by God, The decision was taken by God, the Father, that the baby born of a virgin would be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from 
their sins. Let's have a carol. We can think on about these things in a short while. Seven. Number seven. Number one. Seven. seven. Joy to the world. You can be sure that uh, God had good reasons for for choosing the name Jesus for the baby that was going to be born of the Virgin Mary. Why did God choose the name Jesus? We've got a clue there, haven't we, in verse 21. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. I think the clue is in that, for for he shall save his people from their sins. That gives us a very good idea what Jesus means, doesn't it? Just looking at that verse. And actually, the name Jesus is a transliteration of the Hebrew name Joshua, which means Jehovah is salvation. Makes sense, doesn't it? So, Jesus means Joshua, uh, sorry, Jehovah is salvation. So we can read that there. Thou shalt call his name Jehovah is salvation, for he shall save his people from their sins. Also, right here in our passage, look at verse 23. Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So there's two names. There's the name Jesus, which means Jehovah is salvation, but additionally here we see in verse 23 that descriptive name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Put put 21 and verse 23 together, And what do you have? Jesus, or Jehovah saves, also has the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And it's obvious when you put those two verses together, verse 21 and verse 23, that God, through his angel, was declaring that the baby who was to be born of a virgin is Jehovah God. It couldn't be clearer, could it? When you look at verse 21 there and you know, when you find out that Jesus means Jehovah saves, and then verse 23, Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us, there is only one conclusion that any reasonable person could come to here, that the baby who is going to be born is God. God was coming into, was going to be born of a virgin, and he will save his people from their sins. Or putting it another way, in Mary's baby dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Hence, Emmanuel, God with us. That is a profound statement. It is way beyond our understanding. As the Apostle Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 3, Verse 16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. We see that there just in those couple of verses, verse 21, verse 23. 
How anyone can deny that Jesus is God? They just there's a, a blatant refusal to accept the clear teaching in those two verses. A stubborn refusal. Verse 21 can also be seen as prophetic with the angel saying to Joseph, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The angel was saying, speaking about things that were going to happen. The fact of the matter is that the Son of God became flesh in order to save people like you and like me from our sin. Again, we listen to the Apostle Paul. He said in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Jehovah Jesus came into the world to save sinners. God, manifest in the flesh, came into the world to save sinners. Jesus came to save us from the penalty of sin, which is eternal destruction. And he came to save us from the power of sin. And finally, those who trust in him, he saves them from the presence of sin. In verse 21, look hard at it, look very carefully at the message from God. It says, he shall save his people from their sins. He shall save his people from their sins. He shall save his people from their sins. Again, can you see the absolute certainty of those words? No maybe about it. He shall save his people from their sins. There's certainty in those words. There is no room for doubt. Jesus came into the world to save his people from their sins. Day by day, Jesus is still doing precisely that. Saving his people from their sins. And despite the concerns that there are in the world... Uh, concerning this world or the people of this world destroying it through climate change, global warming, uh, the nuclear threat and all these other things. This world will endure until Jesus has saved all of his people from their sins. All of them. Every last one of them. And then God will bring this world to an end. Be in no doubt about that. Jesus shall save his people from their sins. About 30 years after the virgin birth, Jehovah Jesus couldn't have been clearer about coming into the world to save all his people. Every single one of them. In John chapter 6 and verse 39 and 40, Jesus said, This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. 
And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. And that everyone, everyone who sees the Son and believes in him, is all that the Father has given him. All that the Father has given to Jesus, they are the everyone who will believe in him, and he will raise them up at the last day. And they have everlasting life. So much certainty about this. There is no room for doubt whatsoever. And again, just in that verse 21 there. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. I'm putting a lot of emphasis on that shall. He shall. We can be sure of that. And thank God for that. In the passage I read from John chapter 6, Jesus connected his people with everyone who believes in him. Jesus who shall save his people from their sins in Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. He connects them with all who believe in him in John chapter 6. In other words, they are one and the same. Those who are his people are those who believe in him. Those who believe in him are his people. In John chapter 3, verse 16, it's written, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Those who believe in him and have everlasting life, they are his people. Therefore, if you truly believe in Jesus, you are one of his people. That's a wonderful thing. A wonderful thing to be one of his people. Whose people? Jehovah Jesus, Emmanuel. But we need to be a bit careful here. And that's because even the demons believe in Jesus. Even the demons call Jesus Son of the Most High, Son of God. So we have to be careful, don't we? It's not enough to simply say you have to believe in Jesus. What does it mean to believe in Jesus? Well, for one thing, it means believing that Jesus is the Son of God. That is important because there are people calling themselves Christians who don't actually believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That's not good enough. You have to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And that about 2,000 years ago, the Son of God became flesh. That's from John chapter 1 verse 14. The Word was made flesh. Believing means that you have to believe that Jesus came into the world to save. To save your mum, your dad, your friend. To save you. 
Never mind anyone else. You have to believe, you personally have to believe that Jesus, the Son of God, came into the world to save you from your sins. And that's a, that is a, a, an amazing thing. And for those of us who really do believe that, it's, it, isn't it a wonderful thing to think that the Son of God took upon him flesh and came into this world to save me? Sinful me. And there's no one who knows, no one in this world who knows how sinful I am as much as I do. I know exactly how, well, I know know how sinful I am more than anyone knows. And yet Jesus came into the world to save me from my sin. How wonderful he is. Wonderful counsellor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So you have to believe that Jesus came into the world to save you from your sins and to reconcile you to God. That means to bring you into a relationship with God. A relationship that's been destroyed by sin. Being reconciled to God. It means believing that Jesus fulfilled all of the law's demands on your behalf. Not on anyone else's behalf. Not on his behalf. Jesus had no need to come into this world and submit himself to the law. You have to believe that the Son of God came into this world to save you from your sins and in so doing, he obeyed the law's demands on your behalf throughout his life. He was perfectly obedient to the law. It means believing that in death, the incarnate Son of God took upon himself your sins. Each You individually, he took upon himself all your filthy sins you know the what you know the, the those sins the ones that you keep secret from everyone else maybe every last one of them Jesus took those sins upon himself at the cross if you believe in him in verse 21 it is written and he shall bring forth a son And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Do not, do not let this Christmas pass by without you seriously considering if you are one of his people. The question you need to ask yourself is, do I believe that God gave his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be my saviour from sin? That's the big question that you would need to ask yourself. Nothing else is more important. Nothing even comes near to being as important as considering that. You'll know if the answer is yes. You will will know if you really do believe in Jesus, if you really are one of his people uh, that he came into the world to save, you'll know because you will be a repentant sinner. I'm not talking about way back when you gave your testimony and uh, when you first became a Christian. You, 
right now, you not you will be then, you are a repentant sinner. You belong to Jesus. You, you believe in him. You are a repentant sinner. Seeking God's enabling grace to serve him and to glorify him in life and in death. May that be each one of us here. People who belong to Jesus. People who believe in Jesus. People who, uh, with thanksgiving in our hearts for the things that he has done, ultimately laying down his life at the cross, we seek with his enabling grace to serve him, to glorify him. Amen.